Welcome to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. My name is Aminta Geisler, and I'm excited to spend the next few minutes with you talking about God's Word and applying it to real-life situations. The goal of this podcast is to inspire you and to equip you to run the race of faith well, one practical step at a time. Because just like a weight is useless if a person doesn't pick it up and do the workout, so faith will be useless if a person doesn't do the work of putting their spiritual knowledge into action. Together, let's go beyond learning into implementing, one practical step at a time, and grow stronger in our faith. Today on the show, my husband Ben will be joining me as we share about the intense journey that God has taken us on the last eight months. It may look to the world like we've lost big. But we believe God is ultimately going to use all that we've gone through for his glory, which is really a big win. This is the episode all about how losing is winning. Welcome, Ben, to the podcast, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Super excited. All right, let's pray before we start. Father, thank you for this opportunity to grow our faith roots deep into your word. Will you please give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts filled with courage to follow you as we share our story? Amen. Well, Ben, thank you again so much for being here. And I'm excited for us to do this together to share our story because this really has been a journey that we have been on together. But to give people a little bit of a frame of reference before we tell our story, I would love it if you could just talk to people a little bit and share about who you are and what it is that you do um, when it comes to teaching and coaching. Yeah, like you said, I uh, by trade, I'm a teacher and a coach. I uh, have been doing it for 20 years now. I started in 1999, and here it is, 2019, uh, and I'm uh, still doing it. So, um, you know, I, I think throughout the years, uh, I've changed a lot as far as how I feel and what I do, and my approach to coaching and teaching has really uh, evolved and, and come a long ways, but I'd like to believe it's a, a good thing. Um, you know, I think when I started coaching especially, uh, I just loved football, and I loved to compete, and I loved the grind, I loved the fight, and I loved the intensity of it, um, and I still do. But as I've uh, matured and grown up, uh, I've also really grown to love um, the opportunity that coaching is and, and teaching both uh, to help men um, develop from boys. And so as a teacher and a coach, uh, I've always had a life verse and a coaching verse that I have. So I'm going to start uh, just by sharing that. It comes from a small book in the Bible called Titus, and it's Titus 2, verses 1, and then 6 through 8. It goes like this. As for you, promote the kind of living excuse me, that reflects wholesome teaching. In the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing bad to say about us. So that's been my coaching and teaching verse, uh, kind of my drive and my filter of how I view and uh, do things. And um I think maybe I coach and teach a little bit different than uh, a lot of coaches. The The one mantra that we have always held on our team is what we call building men for others. We call it BMFO, and uh, it, it has what we call four pillars of winning. Those four pillars are servant leadership, uh, empathy. The third pillar is true masculinity, explaining what that looks like and what that means. And the fourth one is transcendent cause. And 
Uh, we always have felt like football is a great way, a great metaphor to teach boys how to become men using um, those premises. I love that. And I that's one of the first things that I fell in love with about you when we met uh, just over six years ago was your commitment to teaching boys truth. And I, for that reason, we view and we have viewed in our time together, your coaching as a ministry, because you are speaking the truth to kids and to coaches. And so it's a ministry that we tag team and do together because coaching is an all in thing. And it, it requires a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice for the families. And so while you are all in loving those boys and giving them truth, I'm all in taking care of our family <laughs> and doing the rest of everything else. Which is way harder than coaching. <laughs> I don't know about that, but maybe not as glamorous. Um, but it just, you know, we've developed a lot of traditions as our family. We have the team over and we feed them and we do a backyard Olympics and I make cookies for the players and our son is the ball boy. And it, it really is a family event. And we love it, and we do it together, and it, it has been a really neat thing. And, um, the, you know, the other thing about us is, is that we really have been committed to chasing Jesus with reckless abandon. And in our words, that's just we're going to run after God with everything we have and give him everything that we've got. And so we are up together every day in the Word and on our knees seeking whatever it is that God has for us. And... It's just been really cool to be a part of your coaching, Ben, and being a part of your vision and changing lives. So, Ben, let's jump right in. Why don't you explain about the journey that started in the middle of last summer? Yeah, it was about a year ago, maybe to this week. Um, I was coaching at a high school as an assistant coach and teaching and really enjoying my time there. It was a, uh, a special place um, at Spring Lake Park High School. We... Uh, still have kids enrolled in that school district, and it's a really good place. We were happy there. Um, meanwhile, the head football job had opened up at Blaine High School, which was my alma mater, and uh, I got in, in touch with the athletic director, and I'm just curious as to, hey, what happened? Why is the position opened? And after some conversation, he asked me to apply, and he said, we'd love to have you come and apply and, and see if you'd want to be the head coach here. And so after a lot of prayer and uh, discussion between Amint and I, because I had been a head coach before. I had, I had uh, been a head coach for nine years prior to that and had stepped down and decided that maybe assistant coach was better for our family and for our, our, our needs. Um, but when this job opened up, we just decided to put in an application, mostly because my beautiful wife made me. <laughs> Uh, she's like, it's your alma mater. You'd love to be there. And, and I would, you know, it was important. So put an application and I uh, got an interview and then followed up with another interview. And they uh, just sat me down and said, hey, we think you're the guy. We think you're exactly what we're looking for. I had been very forthright of here's what I want to do. I don't want to just coach football. I want to make a difference with these young men and teach them how to be, how to be, be, how to be men and not just boys. Um, I think a lot of people think that you know, sports create character and discipline, and, and they can, but I don't think that just happens unless you intentionally teach it. And so we wanted to really be purposeful to do that. Um, and you did. We did. And so I, I got hired in Ju uh, July, uh, and the season started in August. So that didn't leave me a lot of time to get ready, but I, in, that, in that five weeks, I had to hire 24 
coaches and and decide what are we going to do offensively in terms of scheme and defensively and get to know the kids and and get rolling in the season. So I didn't have a lot of time to get ready, um, but we did our best, and I had some fantastic uh, coaches that were in the program already that really coached me up and mentored me along the way, uh, and was able to to jump in and and uh, so we did we. We jumped in right away and started going and uh, got off to a good start. We were fortunate enough to win our first game, and um, I wasn't sure if how many we were going to win, you know, but it's always fun to get that first one. And then all of a sudden we won the second one and the third one and the fourth one, and pretty soon at the end of the regular season we were 8-0 and uh, ranked number two in the state, and that in, and that's in the big biggest football class in, in Minnesota. So that was really a surprise, but also a – you know, it was it was really fun. It was a great experience, and um, yeah. And then we jumped into the playoffs. I'm gonna jump in here and tell a cool little story. Ben said, you know, it was a surprise to go eight and zero, but it really wasn't for me. When I was sitting at the first game, looking down over the field, and the sun was setting, and I was watching my husband coach, and I remember pausing and closing my eyes and saying, Jesus, thank you for this amazing opportunity for Ben. It is so fun to watch him take the reins and to lead this team and to teach them truth. Thank you. And I remember so clearly hearing in response, they're going to go undefeated. And I didn't know quite what to do with that. Because like Ben said, we like to win, but it's not our goal. That's that's not our purpose. We're, we're all about building men for others, BMFO. And so it was just a, but it was an interesting promise from God. And it really felt like confirmation from me, like that we were in his will and doing what he wanted us to do. And he was making a promise about what he was going to do with our obedience. But I didn't say much. I kept it to myself because if you as the head coach's wife start talking about, we're going to go undefeated, you risk looking really crazy. So I kept it to myself, but after the sixth game, so we were six and oh, I was talking to my mom and dad and they came to every game throughout the season to support us. And my dad said, Minta, you got to hear the story from your mom. And I said, what? And she said, no, 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 no. And my dad said, yeah, tell her, tell her. And she said, well, I don't claim to hear from God, but Minta, I tell you what, when I was sitting at the, at the first game up there in the bleachers, I felt like God told me that we were going to go undefeated. And it was just a crazy moment. And so Ben was surprised by the 8-0, but I was not, uh, because I really felt like that was something God had spoken to me just as confirmation that we were in his will and doing what he wanted. And so what a fun promise. It's not what we're about. We weren't in it to win it, but winning is fun. And that was one of the blessings and one of the confirmations that we felt came from following God's will. Yeah. So then we jumped into the playoffs. Uh, again, rate, rated number one in our section and uh, won the first round and the second round and the third round and found ourselves in the state semifinals at U.S. Bank Stadium. And that was really a unique and uh, and fun experience. And we, we ended up losing in the, in the state semifinals and ended the year going, <clears throat> excuse me, going 11 wins and one loss. Um, but what an awesome season. And uh, we really... You know, we're blessed and we're happy and thinking, wow, what a what a neat opportunity to make such a run. Um, and then, so the season got over, and, and uh, seven days after playing in, in the U.S. Bank Stadium, my athletic director called me in and, and sat me down and just said, hey, I want to meet with you after the season. And uh, I went in there, and uh, we, we, we had what we now call our and-then moment. Um, the season went great, and then... 
Um, he just shared with me, hey, I have some concerns. There are some changes that, that uh, you made when you came, and um, I'm not sure everybody's on board with that, and I'm not sure that everyone's comfortable with that. And uh, long story short, he, he said, I think it's uh, in the best interest of, ever, of everybody if you just step down as a head coach. Um, and that was uh, surprising to me. That was shocking to me. That was uh, completely blindsiding. Um, but it was what it was. And so here we found ourselves, we had just gone 11 and one, made it all the way to the state semifinals. Um, I had been the head coach for five months and, uh, and now here I am, I'm being asked to step down. You know, it, it was very surreal. We went from the mountaintop to the valley in seven days. And it was hard for us to understand how to even process because we felt like we had stepped out in faith and done what God had asked us to do. And then to find ourselves facing such a big loss was really hard. So we did the only thing that we know how to do, and we pressed into our faith. So I I started getting up every day at 4.30 a.m. and doing a half hour of praise and worship in the morning. And then Ben would get up at 5 with me, and we would read our Bible, and we would get on our knees and pray, and we started fasting. So, you know, we get up every morning together already, and we, as part of Reckless Abandon, and we are in the Word and we pray, but we added a, a fasting component, we added a praise and worship component, and we did that every day for weeks as we processed, should we step down, or should we fight for this thing that we feel like God has asked us to do? And it was really painful. But we developed this framework of being in the Word and praising and worshiping and praying and fasting because, to be honest, in our six years of being married, we faced a lot of loss. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, we're, we're talking about the coaching loss, but I had uh, before, uh, six years earlier, also been asked to step down from a head coaching position of a school that I loved. So we had, we had already gone through that once before. Um, you know, a couple other things that we had lost. We've we've lost two babies uh, as to miscarriage. Uh, Minta has had a lot of health issues where she's lost her her health, and we spent months down at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester trying to figure out uh, what was going on with her body. Um, we've lost jobs. We've lost our community um, financially. We've had uh, a lot of loss there with with the, a lot of the health bills and stuff and. Um, our retirement savings got spent trying to pay uh, for a lot of the medical bills. And and so I think if you were to ask either one of us what's one word that describes the last six years, I think loss would be pretty appropriate. That's so true. So we used our framework and we pressed in, and um, in the end he ended up, you ended up stepping down because we just felt like that was what God had asked of us, it was made clear in Ben's final meeting that he could not keep his core values of faith, family, and football in that order and stay the head football coach, and so he stepped down. And this was a really hard time for us. Um, Ben, in the last six years of loss, has been a rock for me. And for the first time, it was my turn to step up and be the rock because this was a loss that uh, struck him deep. 
And I remember being on my knees one morning praying and God met me there. And I feel like he revealed something to me about winning that has helped us to process and walk through loss. And what he did was he redefined what it means to win. And he showed me that there's a difference between how the world defines success and how God defines success. And winning in the world is all about self. It's all about me and my glory and my success. But winning for eternity, winning for God, that's all about bringing him glory and him winning. And if we're going to be people that want to chase Jesus with reckless abandon, then we have to be willing to do whatever it takes for God to win. And the verse that helped me understand this is in Matthew. It's Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you have to deny your selfish ways, pick up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you are willing to lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. I've read that verse a hundred times, but it jumped out at me, willing to lose. If we want to win in eternity, we need to be willing to lose. And it really helped frame that, though it seems like we'd lost big, really, this can be used for God's glory because this is in his plan, you know? And I think for a lot of my life, I had bought into the lie that if you follow God, everything will go well. Because if you're in his will, it's going to be easy and you're going to have success. And this redefinition of winning really helped me to understand, helped us to understand that sometimes we need to lose in order for God's will to be accomplished. And he asks some of us to carry loss for his glory. Now, I wrote a blog called For the Win, and in it, I identified seven ways that this loss for our family is really winning. All right, so we're just going to list them off here for you. Number one is we won because we were obedient to do what God asked us to do. Um, I took the position, I did my best, and gave the glory to God. The second one is we won because through building men for others, the truth was spoken to over 200 kids and 24 coaches. Uh, We won because I was able to be vocal about my faith in the media. Um, You know, when you... When you go 8-0 and then 9-0 and 10-0, and uh, you end up getting some press, and that, that's not my favorite thing to do. I'm more of an introvert. I'd rather hide in the background, and even being on here today is outside of my comfort zone. But, um, you know, I was really able to share my faith and um, try to give God the glory for what he was doing with the team and the kids. And, uh, you know... We, we didn't come to blame lightly. We were very purposeful to say, Lord, what do you, what do you want? Where do you want us to be? And we really felt God was calling us to blame, which makes it even that much harder when five months later you're asked to step down. Um, but it just, and that's why we're, we're going through this list. It just, um, there's, there's a lot of um, strengths that have come out of this loss. The fourth one. We won because we had an opportunity to shine light in the darkness, and it had an impact on kids. Ben is still getting emails and text messages from his players and from parents thanking him for the impact that BMFO made during his short time there. I just want to read you one of the emails that I got a few months ago. Dear Minta, I just read your blog. Your wisdom's admirable. I, too, have struggled with redefining winning and losing in the world. From my perspective, 
What you and Ben have gone through in the last six months is deeply imprinted on my mind far more than the 11-in-1 season. I read the book Ben so diligently read to the boys during the season. I watched how Ben handled himself on the sidelines. I saw your smile at the games. I was there at the banquet. We talked to our son about things beyond football. We witnessed a man lead fearlessly with his faith in a public school setting. It was a fantastic display. Your family and strength in God has provided us with more boldness than we had before last season. Thank you to both of you for being you for the win. And you have won big. It was the best season ever. Man, amen. To me, that just shows winning in the long run. Uh, next one is uh, we won big because we were able um, for the audience of Aminta's blogs to be read way more. Um, she wrote, wrote a, a blog when I stepped down, uh, explaining it a little bit. And, you know, she had over 4,000 people read that blog. And at the end of it, um, she gave a call and just said, hey, if you don't have the hope that only comes from Christ, here's how you can find it. And it's just what a, what a great opportunity to give people real hope. The sixth, we won because seeds of faith were planted. And we won't get to harvest those seeds, but we got to plant them. And that was really special. And then the last thing, we won because we have an opportunity to love the very people who hurt us, um, which has been a challenge for me. Um, I felt betrayed, I guess is the word, and felt like, man, I was put in a really tough situation. I don't know... um, Again, I don't know why we were called to blame, but we were confident we did. But I think through that loss and, and um, through that and then moment, um, that's where we're really called to love. You know, it's easy to win and, and love everybody when you're 11 and 1 and you're coaching and doing the thing you love. But when all of a sudden that's torn from you and you're hurting and you're in a place of, of pain, um, that's really your chance to love people and to show, hey, um, if if we can love through this, um, that's the kind of love that Christ has done for us. And so that we've seen a lot of opportunities there as well. I think, too, moving forward, one of the questions now that we get asked the most is what's next? And um, where, are you, where are you guys at now and what do you got on the horizon? So... Uh, ben, do you want to answer that? What What's next for you? Yeah, I mean, to be to be honest, we're still processing. It's it's been uh, it's been tough. It's been hard. Selfishly, I I, I want to just say, no, I'm done. I'm not going to coach. I'm not going to teach. Uh, but what we've been very purposeful to do is, is is just to say we are not going to do what we want to do. We are going to follow and pursue with reckless abandon what God has for us. And so we are just digging in and saying, all right, God. <laughs> where do you want us? Whatever, whatever you want, we'll do. So, um, we're in the process of interviewing for some jobs. I've had some opportunity for coaching jobs that, um, that I have not been a good fit. And we've, we've passed on a few of those, but, um, we're looking for a teaching job. I just had an interview this morning at, uh, at a school that I think would probably be a good fit and, and waiting to hear back on that. But we're, you know, wherever we land, we're just trusting that God's going to use it and that, um, we're going to take, what we've learned from this and uh, bring him glory through it. I think the other thing that's been really neat is to see how God has helped our relationship to grow closer, not only with him, but with each other. And there is a trust and a love and a closeness that comes 
from getting up every day together and getting on our knees and holding hands through this loss that has really brought us closer. And for that, I am really thankful. I think too, it's been fun to see how God has even been able to use this for the, my ministry and for Ben's ministry. Uh, we've had the opportunity to do some speaking and some other really fun arenas. And so it's just been neat to see how God has already taken this and used it for him. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing of coaching is, you know, when I'm on the field and the kids are playing, Mint has always been up in the stands and being a cheerleader and being supportive of, of what I've been doing. And now it's kind of fun to be able to put on the the hat the other side and I'm, I'm cheering her on and I'm so proud of her and just cannot believe how God is using her in, in an amazing way through her writing and through um, the gifts that she's given her, even these, uh, these podcasts and uh, starting a ministry. It's been really fun to put on the, the pom-poms and the skirt, and I think I look pretty good as a cheerleader, so I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. You look real good. So I just, real quickly before we wrap this up, I just wanted to share, kind of to make this practical and bring it down, the three things that we I feel like we really took away from this. You know, I think everybody walks through times of loss, and whether you're walking through a time of loss now, or you've been through one, or one's coming, I think it's really important to have a framework for how you're going to walk through loss. And for Ben and I, that has been the difference maker, is that we know that when we lose, we're going to keep trusting. And we're going to dig into the word even more. We're going to get on our knees even more. We're going to fast and we're going to praise and worship like our lives depend on it. And that, is, that has really been what has enabled us to get through and I think, too, for me, it really helped rework a lot of things in my heart and my mind. And now I understand that winning is about what brings God glory, not me. And I also understand that as a Christian, I got to be willing to lose if that's what it takes for God to get glory. And finally, just what I was talking about, the power of being in the Word, that there's just no substitute for being in the Word of God and the power that it gives you to walk through hardship and loss. I, I want to do something to honor Ben before we wrap this up. He's so humble when he talks about what he does, but his ministry on the football field is changing lives. And I wrote a poem, and I, I just would love to close honoring him, to thank him for being here today and taking time out of his day to come uh, be on the podcast with me. Thanks so much, Ben. Well, truth is, she asked me to read it, but I get a bit, bit teary-eyed when, <laughs> when I read it. So I'm, I said, nope, you got to have to do that one. That's true. He's a crier. I've heard it said that coaches are the most influential ones by far. The shaping, molding, and changing of young hearts and minds all done in love. So much effort and so much time. Coach won't let you cheat the grind. Sweat, hard work, adversity grow so much more than the eye can see. The lights and cheers on Friday nights are fun and make the world seem right form and speed and muscles show that the athlete has begun to grow. Yet underneath the strong physique burns a character flame that starts out meek. So coach speaks truth and shows them well what real manhood is, he'll tell. And slowly, boys begin to change. They learn to love and serve is game. Soon they're men built to give. For others, they are called to live. The lights do fade as does the game. But what coach speaks is not in vain. 
The flame goes forth into the night, burning brightly love's great light. Men do stand where boys once stood, because a coach told God he would. Share the truth, and with it send the word of God, his faithful friend. His coaching comes at such a cost, his sanity he's almost lost. It takes all that he has and more, but treasures does he have in store. One day he'll stand before the sun and hear my child that was well done. Your battle on the football field in a bounding harvest did it yield. Thanks so much for what you're doing out there, Ben. Keep shining your light. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mint. I hope you are inspired by what you heard and that you are able to glean some practical next steps to help you run the race of faith. Living according to God's truth isn't easy, but it's worth it. So let's do this faith journey together. I invite you to join me next time when I discuss what it's like to be a peacemaker in difficult relationships. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the Mint podcast so that you don't miss an episode. As always, I love hearing from you. So I invite you to visit my website, amintageisler.com and leave me a comment or a prayer request and I will get back to you as soon as I can. My site is full of resources that are practical and useful. Mint Podcasts are a production of Reckless Abandoned Ministries, an organization that is insanely focused on loving God and loving others. RAM is passionate about helping to eliminate youth hunger and homelessness, and we invite you to join us in the pursuit of giving crazy love away to those who need it the most. Information, opportunities, as well as other Reckless Abandoned event information can be found at amintageisler.com.